brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. In the darkest shadows, in the white cold, fearlessly search for knowledge new and old. We drink the strong spirits and read ancient tomes, the order order abracast. We are the brave and bold. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Abercast, occult, history, conspiracy, violence. Your body is your temple, so let's make sure you got a badass t-shirt on it. Variety of cool occult-themed t-shirts. And other merch, like stickers, wall art, mugs, and more. Visit the storefront on Abercast.com. Hey, welcome to the Abercast. This is John. This is your home slice, John Towers. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Before we get started, I'd like to encourage everyone to rate and review on iTunes. I'd like to encourage everyone to check out the website, Stigmata Studios. Dot com or the abercast.com there's a um 
social media links at the bottom of the page there. Find me on all your favorite, wherever you get your gossip and fake news. <laughs> uh, also remind everyone to sign up for the newsletter. The link is in the show notes. <clears throat> and uh, fuck, Patreon. Yeah, Patreon. The link is in the show notes for that, too. If you're listening to this, you probably are listening to Patreon. Or you're probably on Patreon already. Um, this is part two. We're uh, getting into... <clears throat> we're, we're laying the groundwork for uh, a thread or a series we're going to do on sex magic. And we're starting with this uh, book called Influence of the Phallic Idea in the Religion of Antiquity. It's by C. Staniland Wake, uh, published in 1870. So we're just going to pick right up here. <clears throat> Source of the Legend of the Fall of Man. Under the circumstances I have detailed, we can hardly doubt that the legend of the fall has been derived from a foreign source, that it could not be original to the Hebrews may, I think, be, uh, be proved by several considerations. Uh, the position occupied by the legend by the serpent is quite inconsistent with the use of the animal symbol by a Moses. Like Satan himself, even as the Reverend Dunbar Heath has shown, the serpent, the serpent had not indeed a wholly evil character among the early Hebrews. In the second place, the condemnation of the act of generation uh, was directly contrary to the central idea of the patriarchal history. The promise to Abraham was that he should have seed he should have seed numerous as the stars of heaven for multitude <clears throat> and to support this notion the de uh, the descent of abraham uh, is traced up to the first created man who is commanded to increase and multiply it is very probable, however, that when the legend was appropriated by the compiler of the Hebrew scriptures, it had a moral significance as well as a merely figurative sense. The legend is divisible into two parts, the first of which is a mere statement that the imparting of wisdom by the serpent and the eating of the fruit of a certain tree, these ideas being synonymous or at least consistent as appears by the attributes of Chaldean Hea. <clears throat> the nature of this wisdom may be found in the rites of the Hindu Sakti Puja and the second part of the legend, which is probably a much later date, is the condemnation of the act, act referred to as being in itself evil and as leading to misery and even death itself. The origin of this later notion must be sought in the esoteric doctrine taught by the mysteries of Mithra, the fundamental ideas of which were the descent of the soul to earth and its reascent to the celestial bodies after it had overcome the temptation and debasing influence of the material life. Lajard shows that these mysteries were really taken from the secret worship of the Chaldean, the Chaldean Milita. 
but the reference to the, quote, seed of the woman who shall bruise the serpent's head, unquote, is too Mithraic for us to seek for an earlier origin for the special form taken by the Hebrew myth. The object of the myth evidently was to explain the origin of death from which man was to be derived by a, by a coming savior, <laughs> not a coming savior, but a coming savior. And the whole idea is strictly Mithraic, the Persian deity himself, a savior God. The importance attached to the virginity by early Christians sprang from the same source. The Avesta is full of references to purity of life, and there there is a reason to believe that there is a secret initiations. The followers of Mithra were taught to regard marriage itself as impure. The religious ideas which found expression in the legend of the fall were undoubtedly of late development. Although derived from still earlier phases of religious thought, the simple worship and a symbol of the organs of generation <clears throat> and the ancestral head of the family prompted by the desire for offspring and the veneration for him to produce it was extended to the genitor of force of nature, the bull, which we have seen symbolized this force. We not restricted to earth, but was in course of time transferred to the heavens. And as one of the zodiacal signs was thought to have a peculiar relationship uh, to certain of the planetary bodies. This astral phase of the phallic superstition was known to the, he, uh, to the Mosaic religion. A still earlier form of the superstition was, however, known to the Hebrews, probably forming a link between the worship of the symbol of personal generative power, generative power and that of the heavenly phallus. As the worship of the bull connected the veneration of the human generator with that of the universal father. Next section, Herme termini pillars and groves one of the primeval gods of antiquity was hermes the syrio-egyptian thoth and the roman mercury and kirchner identifies him also with the god terminus this is doubt doubtlessly true as hermes was a god of boundaries and appears as du dulerer has well shown uh, to have presided over the national frontiers. This meaning of the word Thoth erecting associate, associates. It is with this fact, the peculiar primitive form of Mercury or Hermes was a large stone, frequently square and without either hands or feet. Sometimes the triangular shape was preferred, sometimes an upright pillar. And sometimes a heap of rude stones. The pillars were called by the Greeks Hermae Pillar. 
This is sometimes a heap of rude stones. The pillar, oh, the pillars were called by the Greeks Herme, and with the heaps were known as Hermean heaps. The later being accumulated by the custom of each passenger throwing a stone to the daily increasing mass in honor of the god. Sometimes the pillar was represented by the uh, attributes of Priapus. The identification of Hermes or Mercury with Priapus is confirmed by the offices which the later deity fulfilled. One of the most important was that of protector of gardens and orchards, and probably this was the original office performed by Hermes in his character of the god of the country. Figures set up as charms to protect the produce of the ground would in court of in course of time be used not only for this purpose but also to mark the boundaries of the land protected and these offices being divided two deities would finally be formed out of one the greek hermes was connected also with the egyptian chem and no less if we may judge of the symbols used in this worship with the hebrew elo Eloah. This is the history of the Hebrew patriarchs. We are told that when Jacob entered into the covenant with his father-in-law, Laban, a pillar was set up and a heap of stones made. And Laban said to Jacob, behold this heap and behold this pillar, which I have cast betwixt me and thee. This heap be witness and the pillar be witness that I will not pass over this heap to thee, and thou shalt not pass over this heap and this pillar unto me for harm. We have the Herme and the Hermean heap used by the Greeks as landmarks and placed by them on public roads. The uh, Inga of India, we have another instance of the use of the pillar symbol. The form of this symbol is sufficiently expressive of the idea which it embodies. An idea which is more explicitly shown uh, when the Linga and the Yoni are as in usual, this case among the worshippers of the Hindu Siva, combined to form lingam. The stone figure is not, however, itself a god, but only representative of a spirit who is thought to be able to satisfy the yearnings for children. So characteristics of many primitive peoples, this probably having been the original object and the source for which it is used as an amulet for the protection of children, protection of children against, against the influence of the evil eye. In course of time, however, when other property came to be coveted equally with offspring, the power to give this property uh, to give this property would naturally be referred to by the primitive phallic spirit. This, hence, he became not merely the protector, as we have seen, of the produce of the fields, but the guardian of boundaries. but also the god of wealth and traffic, and even the patron of thieves, as was the case with Mercury to the Romans. The Hebrew patriarch designed large flocks, 
sorry, desired large flocks as well as the numerous descendants. And hence the symbolical pillar was peculiarly fitted for their religious rites. It is even related, uh, it is related even of Abraham, the traditional founder of the Hebrew people that he planted a grove in Barsheba and called there on the name of Yehovah, the everlasting Elohim from the phallic character of the grove said to have been in the house of Yehovah. And from the evident connection between the two worlds, we must suppose that the Ishel of Abraham also had a phallic reference. Most probably so-called grove of the earlier patriarch thought it may have reference. Most probably uh, it may have been <laughs> so-called grove of the earlier patriarch, uh, though it may have been wood and the stone Bethel of Jacob had the same form and were simply the betelus, the primitive symbol of deity among the Semitic and many Hemetic peoples. The participation of the Hebrew patriarchs in the rites connected with pillar worship of the ancient world renders it extremely probable that they were not strangers to the later planetary worship. Many of the old phallic symbols were associated with new with the new superstition, and Abraham being a Chaldean, it is natural to suppose that he was one of the adherents. Tradition indeed affirms that Abraham was a great astronomer and at one time at least a worshiper of the heavenly bodies and that he and the other patriarchs continued to be affected by this superstition uh, is shown by various incidents related to Penti, Penti Pentateuch, Pentateuch. Thus, in the description given of the sacrificial covenant between Abraham and Yehovah, <clears throat> it is said that after Abraham had divided the sacrificial animals, a deep sleep fell on him as the sun was going down and Yehovah spoke with him. And then when the sun went down and it was dark, Behold a smoking furnace and a burning lamp that passed between those two pieces. The happening of this event that the moment of the sunsetting reminds us of the Sabian custom of praying to the setting sun still practiced, according to Paul Grave, among the nobads of Central Arabia. Moving into the next part here. The great religious movement of archaic time <clears throat> that some religious movement ascribed by tradition to Abraham did take place among the Semites and uh, an early date un is undoubted when the object of the movement uh, was in it was uh, was it is difficult to decide. It should be remembered that the Chaldeans worshipped a plurality of gods supposed to have been symbolized by the seven planets. Among these deities was the sun god, held a comparatively inferior position, the moon god, coming before him in the second triad. It was at Ur, 
the special seat of worship of the moon god that Abraham is said to have lived before he quitted it for Haran. And that just considered in the light of the traditions relating to the great patriarch may perhaps justify us in inferring that the reformation he endeavored to introduce was the substitution of a simple sun worship for the planetary cult of the Chaldeans, in which the worship of the moon must have must to him have appeared to occupy a prominent place. The new faith was indeed a return to the old phallic idea of a god of personal generation, worshipped through the symbol of Betelus, the associated also with the adorn, the adoration of the sun as a special representative of the deity. That Abraham had higher notions of the relationship of man to the divine being than his forerunners is very probable, but his sojourn in Haran proved that there was nothing fundamentally different between his religious faith and that of his Syrian neighbors. I am inclined indeed to believe that to the traditional Abraham must be ascribed the establishment of sun worship through Phoenicia and lower Egypt in his connection with the symbols of earlier and more simple phallic deity tradition, in fact, declares that he taught the Egyptians astronomy. And we shall see that the religion of the Phoenicians, as indeed of the Hebrews themselves, was a worship of wait for it, Saturn, the erect pillar god, who under different names appears to have been at the head of the pantheons of most of the peoples of antiquity. The reference in Hebrew history to the teraphim of Jacob's family recalls the fact that the name assigned to Abraham's father was Terah. The maker of images and teraphim were doubtlessly the same as the seraphim which were serpent images and the household charms or idols of the Semitic worship of the sun God, who was the serpent or to whom the serpent was sacred. <clears throat> Little is known of the religious habits of the Hebrews during their abode in Egypt. Probably they scarcely differed from those of the Egyptians themselves. And even the religion of Moses, so-called, which we may presume to have been a reformed faith, there are many points of contact with uh, the earlier cult. The use of the Ark of Osiris and, the, uh, and Isis shows the influence of Egyptian ideas. And the introduction of the new name for God, Yahweh, is evidence of contact with late Phoenician thought. <laughs> this cat's killing me. The Ark was doubtlessly used to symbolize nature as distinguished from the serpent and the pillar symbols. He had a relation particularly to man. The later, however, were by far the most important as they were most intimately connected with the worship of the national deity who was the divine father as Abraham was the human progenitor of the Hebrew people. 
that this deity, notwithstanding his change of name, retained his character of a sun god is shown by the fact that he is repeatedly said to have appeared to Moses under the figure of flame. The pillar of fire was guided by the Hebrews at night in the wilderness. His appearance of the cloudy pillar at the door of the tabernacle and probably of a flame over the mercy seat to betoken the presence of Jehovah as the perpetual fire on the altar. All point to the same conclusion, the notion entertained by Ewald that the idea connected with the Hebrew Yahweh was that of deliverer or healer, the savior, is quite consistent with the fact that I have stated not only the prim, the primeval Phoenician deity El or Cronus, the preserver of the world for the benefit of which he offered a mystical sacrifice, but the savior was a common title of the sun gods of antiquity. The Hebrew identified with ethnic religions. We're moving into the next part. There was one remarkable incident which is said to have happened during the wanderings of the Hebrews in the Sinaitic wilderness, which appears to have thrown much light on the character of the Mosaic cult. And it connected it with other religions. I refer to the use of the brazen serpent as the symbol for the healing of people. The worship of the golden calf may perhaps be described as an idolatrous act in imitation of the rites of Egyptian Osiris worship, although probably suggested by the, the use of the ark. The other case, however, is far different. It is worthwhile repeating the exact words which uh, the use of the serpent symbol is described. When um, the people were bitten by the fiery serpents, Moses prayed for them. And we read that thereupon, quote, Jehovah said unto Moses, make thee a fiery serpent and set it upon a pole. And it shall come to pass that every one that is bitten when he looketh upon it shall live. And Moses made the serpent of brass and put it on the pole. And it came to pass that if a serpent had bitten any man when he beliled the serpent of brass, he lived. It would seem from the account that the Hebrew seraph was, as before suggested, the form of the serpent. But what was the special significance of this healing figure? Because <clears throat> dicks be healing stuff, apparently. <clears throat> At an earlier stage of our inquiry, I re- refer to the fact of the serpent being indirect through its its attribute of wisdom, a phallic symbol, but also directly an emblem for life and to the peculiar position it held in nearly all religions of antiquity. In later Egyptian mythology, the contest between Osiris and the evil being, and then afterwards between Horus and Typhon occupy an important place in Typhon. The adversity of Horus was figured under the symbol of a serpent called 
I'm just going to call it a Fofis or the giant. It cannot be doubted that he was only a latter form of the god Seth. Professor Professor Revenues refers to the invocation of the of Typhon Seth. And Bunsen quotes the statement of Iphianfius that Egyptians celebrate the festivals of Typhon under the form of an ass which they call Seth. Whatever may be the explanation of the fact, it is undoubted that not, notwithstanding the hatred uh, with which he afterwards regarded this god Seth or Set was at one time highly venerated in Egypt. Bunsen says that up to the 13th century before Christ, uh, Set was a great god universally adored throughout Egypt who confers to the sovereigns of the 18th and 19th dynasty the symbols of life and power. The most glorious monarch of the later dynasty, the Carringtons, <laughs> Sethos derived his name from the deity and he added, but subsequently in the course of the 20th dynasty, he suddenly, he is suddenly treated as an evil demon in as much <clears throat> as his effigies and name are obliterated on all the monuments and inscriptions that could be reached. Moreover, according to the distinguished writer, Seth appears gradually among the Semites as the background of their religious consciousness. And not merely was he the primitive god of northern Egypt and Palestine, but uh, his genealogy was the was as the Seth of Genesis, the father of Enoch must be considered as original running parallel with that derived from the Elohim, Adam's father, that Seth had a special connection with the Hebrews is proved among other things that he, that his peculiar position occupied in their religious system by the ass, the firstborn of which alone of all animals was allowed to be redeemed and the red heifer whose ashes were to be reserved as a water of separation for purification from sin. Both of these animals were in Egypt sacred to Seth, the ass being his symbol and the red ox being at one time sacrificed to him, although at a later date, objects of red color were disliked, owning to their association with the dreaded Typhon. That these, uh, we have reference to this deity in the name of the Hebrew lawgiver is very probable. Uh, no satisfactory derivation of his name Moses or Moesh has ever been given. Its original form was probably Amasis or Amsesis, which is, of course, of time would become the Hebrew Omes or Moses, meaning only the God says set Seth on the hypothesis there may have been uh, preserved in the first book of Moses, the so-called of the tradition 
the traditional wisdom said to have been contained in the sacred books of the Egyptian Thoth and the records engraved on the pillars of Set. It is somewhere remarkable that it is somewhat remarkable that according to the statement Diodorus 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 uh was Antiochus Epiphanes entered uh, the temple at Jerusalem. He found the Holy of Holies, a stone figure of Moses, represented as a man with a long beard mounted on an ass and having a book in his hand. The Egyptian mythos of Typhon actually said that Seth fled from the from Egypt riding on a gray ass. Uh, it is strange to say that at least the Moses should not have been allowed to enter the promised land and that he should be so seldom referred to by later writers until long after the reign of David that above all the names given to his successor was Joshua, i.e. Savior. It was worthy of notice that none of the same, none of the name of the father of Joshua is Semitic word for fish. The phallic character of the fish in Chaldean mythology being undoubtedly Nin, the planet Saturn was the fish god of Borosus. And as I think can be shown, he is really the name of the Syrian national deity Ashur, whose name and office bear a curious resemblance to those of the Hebrew leader Joshua. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Are you interested in the occult, history, conspiracy, and violence? Learn more at abracast.com. Find more episodes on this topic. Sign up for the mailing list for bonus content. Get access to the show archive. And visit the storefront for tarot cards, merch, and books. Learn more at abracast.com. All right, let's get back to it. But what uh, was the character of the primitive Semitic deity? Oh, God. Bunsen seems to think that Plutarch, in one passage, alludes to the identity of Typhon, Seth, and Osiris. This is a remarkable idea, and yet, curiously enough, Sir Gardner Wilkinson says that the Typhon-Seth may be 
have been derived from the pygmy oh boy <laughs> the pygmy fata so fata sokari osiris who was clearly only another form of Osiris himself. However, this may be a phallic origin of Seth can be shown from other data. Thus, it appears that the word Seth means in Hebrew, as well as in Egyptian, pillar. And in a general sense, the erect, elevated high. Moreover, in a passage in the Egyptian Book of the Dead, Set is called Tet, a fact which, according to Bunsen, intimates that Thoth inherited many of the attributes of Tet. No, of Set. There we go. I got confused. There was, however, in reality, the same deities. Set by change of initial letter becomes Tet. <laughs> That's why I was confused. On this, uh, one of the names of Thoth, or rather the same name as Set agrees with Set, we... Set agrees with Seth. We have in this explanation the statement that Tet the Phoenician Tawet was the snake god. You, USM Eusclepius, Suclepius, there we go. Yunsum, 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 Nun, Mun, Yes, Mun, Es, Mun, Eusclepius was the serpent being the symbol of Tet. As we have seen to it, <clears throat> there has been that of Seth also. In this, we have means of identifying the Semitic deity Seth with the Saturn and related deities of other peoples. Ewald says that the uncommon name of God, Eloha, among the among the Hebrews, as among all Semites, go back to the earliest times. Bryant goes further and declares that El was originally the name of the supreme deity among all nations of the East. This was also confirmed so far as Chaldea is concerned by later researchers, which show that Il or El was the head of the Babylonian pantheon with his deity must be identified with Ill or Illus of the Phoenicians, who was the same as Cronus, who again was none other than the primeval Saturn, whose worship appears to have been at one period almost universal among Europeans and Asiatic peoples. Saturn and El were thus the same deity and later, like the Semitic Seth, being as well, being as is well known, symbolized by the serpent. A direct point of contact between Seth and Saturn is found in the Hebrew idol Kiyun, uh, mentioned by Amos. The planet Saturn still being called Kivan by Eastern people. The idol was represented in the form of a pillar, the primeval symbol of deity, which was common undoubtedly to all the gods here mentioned. The symbolic pillars were called Betiel and Betula. Sometimes also the column was called Abadir, which strangely enough, Bryant identifies with the serpent god. 
There can be no doubt that both the pillar and the serpent were associated with many of the sun gods of antiquity. Notwithstanding what has been said is undoubtedly true that all of these deities, including the Semitic Seth, became early an early date recognized as sun gods, although in doing so they lost nothing of their primitive character. What this was is sufficiently shown by the significant names and titles they bore. Thus, we have seen Set or Seth itself means the erect, elevated, high, and his name on the Egyptian monument was nearly always accompanied by the representation of a stone, Ki-Yun or Ki-Van, the name of the deity said by Amos to have been worshipped in the wilderness by the Hebrews. Significant God of the pillar, the idea embodied in this title is shown by the name Baal Tamar, which means Baal, Baal as pillar or phallus. Consequently, the fructifying God, the title erect was given to a deity, seems always to imply a phallic notion, and hence we have the explanation of the name Esmau used frequently in the Book of the Dead. The relation to Thoth or Set there is doubtlessly a reference of the same kind of Phoenician myth that Mel Melech taught men the special art of erecting solid walls and buildings throughout Bunsen finds, although Bunsen finds in the, in this myth, the symbolic mode of expression, the value of the use of fire in building houses. That is these myths embody a phallic notion may be uh, confirmed by reference to the Phoenician Cabri, According to Bunsen, the Cabri and the divinities identified with him are explained by the Greeks and the Romans as the strong, the great. While the book of Job Kabir, the strong, is used as an epithet of God. Again, the father of Cabri is the just, or in a more original sense, the upright. And this deity with his sons correspond to the Phoenician Patakowai and to Patal, the father. Pata, however, appears to have derived from the root, which signifies in Hebrew to open, and Sadduk himself, therefore, may, says Brunson, be described as the opener of the cosmic egg. The phallic meaning of this title is evident from the application of Esmun. Esclepius, the son of Siddiq, who was the snake god, was identical with Tet, the Egyptian Thoth Hermes. His peculiar titles given to these pillar deities 
and their association with the sun led to their original phallic character being somewhat overlooked and instead of being the father gods of humankind they became powerful gods and the lords of heaven this was not the special attribute taken by other sun gods i have already stated that hermes and his related deities were gods of the country personifying the idea of general natural fecundity among the chief gods of this description were the Phoenician, oh my God, Sibias, the Greek Bacchus, Dionysus, and the Roman Priapus, and the Egyptian Chem. All these deities agree also in the sun gods. And the, as such, they were symbolized by animals which were noted either for their fecundity or for their salaciousness. The chief animals thus chosen were the bull and the goat with which the ram was afterwards confounded. And this doubtless, this is doubtless because they were already sacred. The sun appears to have been preceded by the moon as an object of worship, but the moon god was probably only representative of the primeval Saturn, who finally became the sun god El or Il of the Syrians and the Semites and of Ra of Babylon, the later who was the title of the sun god of Egypt, who was symbolized by the obelisk and who, although, although his name was added to that of the other Egyptian gods, appears to have been the tutelitary deity, the stranger kings of the 18th dynasty, whom Plyate, however, declares to have been Set or Sutek. Sutek! <laughs> There's an old Doctor Who episode where he fights a mummy named Sutek. Sutek. It's a good one, man. It's a good one. That Sutek one is actually the guy that, that voiced Sutek back in the 70s. Was actually, He actually did the voice for... Those impossible, the impossible planet episodes where Doctor Who had to fight, I don't know, the devil. The same dude did the voice for Sutek that did the voice for the devil. And here it is. I thought they made up Sutek. Here we go. I'm learning all kinds of shit all the time. Back to the book. We are reminded hereof of the opposition of Seth and Osiris, which I have already explained as arising from the fact that these deities originally represented two different ideas, human fecundity and fruitfulness of nature. When, however, both of these principles became associated with the solar body, they were expressed by the same symbols. And the distinction between them was in great measure lost sight of. A uh, certain difference was nevertheless still observable in the um, attributes of the deities, depending on the peculiar properties and the association of the solar representatives. Thus, the powerful deities of the Phoenicia was naturally associated with the strong, scorching summer sun whose heat was the most prominent attribute. Uh, in countries such as Egypt, where the sun acting on uh, the moist soil left by inundation, in, in, 
inundations it's late bros i'm sorry inundations cause the earth to spring into reward renewed life but uh the mild but energetic early sun was the chief deity all right and i'm out of here I'm John. This has been the Abercast. Thank you guys very much. Bye. Thank you for listening, and we hope that you enjoyed the show. Please send an email or find us on social media and let us know what you think about the show. We would appreciate it if you would give us a five-star rate and review wherever you find your favorite podcasts. You can find Stigmata Studios, Graphic, Novels, and Comic Books at Apricast.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.